moved ahead. In comes Thomas with a chance. Moves it, but he scores! Kill Thomas has given Canada the lead. With less than four minutes to go in the third period. Well, well, how about that one? That was a bit of a nail-biter. Welcome to Canada Fans World Junior Tour Podcast, powered by Astrocan.net. My name is Bryn Griffiths, and joining me, as always, is Paul Almeida. Hello, Paul. How you doing, Bryn? Good. That was quite the game. Well, you know, coming off of that German game, people wondered if there'd be a little bit of a Canadian letdown. I'm not so sure there was. I thought Slovakia played great. They knew exactly what they had to do. I thought they were very disciplined. Yeah. Yep. And they knew they couldn't get into a track meet with Team Canada, and they didn't. There were a couple of shifts there where Canada started to pick up the pace. Ray Ferraro on the TSN broadcasts also pointed out that Canada had to find another gear. I just think that, and you pointed out as we were texting back and forth during the match about the fact that the Slovaks really did a nice job of keeping Canada to the outside, and they were happy with that. They wanted to wait for their break. And this game wasn't really truly decided until 30 seconds remaining in the third period. Well, absolutely. And uh, I thought the Slovaks did a great job of collapsing in front of their own net. They always had three guys right in front of the net. Uh, their wingers uh, really pushed hard for the defenseman on Team Canada. Didn't give him a lot of space. Uh, the one thing Canada had is they had Byram and Drysdale who could walk the line really well and get shots through. But other than that, I mean... I thought the Slovaks did a great job of getting in lanes, whether they be passing lanes or shooting lanes and making life difficult for the Canadians. Anything in the corners, they were extremely physical. They're a big hockey team, and they could skate. I mean, uh, just because they're big doesn't mean that they were slow. They they could skate, but I thought the best thing that they did was leave Canada as much as possible to the outside and let their goaltender... I mean, they really didn't have a lot of shots even uh, for both teams. Both teams did a very good job defensively, and I thought... Both goaltenders, Samuel uh, Lavi and Devin Levi for Canada, were both very good. They had a couple of really tough stops. Uh, Levi had that one that went off the defenseman's glove and yes. changed direction. It could have easily have gone in. And, uh, you know, it was a good win for Canada. And I think it was a good uh, game after that 16-2 to game to get back into realizing that, okay, not every game is going to be a walk in the park here. And we got to be prepared because the tougher games are even coming. Just to go back to the, the German game, and a lot has been said, a lot has been written, a lot has been broadcast about that one. And, you know, obviously the Germans went through the COVID situation, didn't play a matchup before they got to the tournament, and then ran into a team like Canada and gave up uh, bad goals at bad times. And that one just got away on them. This one could have... But Slovakia did a great job of keeping things well under control to make sure that it didn't turn into an avalanche of Canadian goals. I, I just I thought it was a fun game to watch because, like I said, when you when you get a nail biter like that going, when everybody wondered, "Oh, this will be over by the middle of the first period," I wasn't so sure about that going into this one. Well, it won nothing for the longest time. You know, one shot and the game changes on an, in an instant. Well, and you, you pointed out the shot off the glove. It was one nothing Canada at that point. That could have easily right. tied it up. And then we have a totally different game on our hands because then the Slovaks have a little bit of jump. And even then at the end, after it was 2 nothing to get that goal, yeah, make it 2-1, to one, you saw a little pep in the step of the Slovaks 
And, uh, you know, Canada got the empty net uh, goal by Jack Quinn, but uh, the Slovaks were pushing and trying to get that equalizer. And, you know, had they got it, I mean, they were full value for it because they were in this game from start to finish. They were they didn't take one shift off, I thought. I thought it was a good win for Team Canada because they, they didn't succumb or fall into the trap, as we always call these games. But for Slovakia, I thought it was a, a great loss because they can take a lot of positives out of that so both teams were able to take things away from that one game. I really was really pleased to see Jordan Spence get the first goal for Team Canada because he's got a great yeah, that story. Was great. That's a great story. Absolutely. Absolutely great story. I uh, lived in Australia for a little while, then lived in Japan for the longest time. Came to Canada without speaking English very well and trying to get acclimated into the culture. And as Ray Ferraro mentioned, hockey uh, mentioned uh, hockey helped a lot with that because it got him in that team atmosphere and, uh, around people and, and embracing the game. And it's great to see where he is. And it's nice that he got in with uh, Schneider getting his one game suspension for that uh, elbow against the Germans. But uh, it was really nice uh, start for Canada and for him to get a goal right off the bat. And at that point, as you mentioned, it looked like, well, if Canada gets two, maybe three that period, it might be a runaway, but uh, the checks didn't, uh, didn't, didn't give in. They didn't bend. So we talked about they bent, but they didn't break. I should say we talked about the shot that went off the defenseman's glove that would have tied it up at one-one. Then it goes back the other way, and then we have a beautiful goal uh, on, on a basic breakaway by Philip Tomasino. That was the second goal for Team Canada. He put that one top Great shelf. Goal. That was that. That's a sniper taking that shot. He looked great. Yeah, that's a lot of skill right there. I mean, the first the pass was fantastic to let him loose, and yeah. you could see on the bench afterwards the Czech defenseman was a little bit down because he thought he, you know, gave him a bit too much space and then couldn't recover. But uh, it was a, a great individual effort by Philip Tomasino to cut to the net, pull the puck back, and have the presence of mind to make sure that he gets it up high under the bar. Slovaks will play Germany next. That'll be interesting for a lot of reasons. That'll we'll be see, very interesting. We'll see whether or not they take a lot of positives, and I'm sure they will, out of, out of this loss today. And I'm really curious to see how Germany responds after what happened against Team Canada. So that game does have an element of mystery about it, which for somebody who's from Canada, if I was going to uh, tune that one in, there's a few little things you can watch for there. Well, and the Germans would be interesting to see if they get players back, first of all, yeah. uh, if they can get some of their roster back. The other thing is they're, they've got a day off today, which is going to help them tremendously. So going into that game, you know that both of these countries looked at that matchup, yes, that game as a game that they could either, that either country can win. And even though, as we mentioned in our last couple of podcasts, that there isn't a regulate, uh, relegation this year because there's no uh, 1A tournament, for these two teams, that's a big measuring stick as to where they are, especially for the Germans, I think, because the Slovaks, they've been in the A group for a long time. The Germans have been up and down, up and down. Yeah. For them, they want to stay and be part of the group for the long term. And to do that, they have to be able to com compete with the Slovaks and the Czechs more regularly than, than they do right now. You know, Sweden, Canada, Russia, the United States are in a different level. Even Finland, I would have to say, is in that next group. Yeah, I would. Uh, a little bit higher. But the Czechs haven't been perennial, you know, strong strong teams for the last few years. And the Slovaks want to be right there with their neighbors and prove that they belong in this division. And for the Germans, they want to be here too. I mean, they, they want uh, that relegation to be 
the Austrias of the world, the Denmarks of the world, the Norways, the Kazakhstans. They don't want to be involved in that relegation no. going up and down, bouncing down from the one eight to the one division. Uh, you know, Switzerland, I think, has kind of cemented themselves a little bit with the Slovaks as uh, perennial teams in the world juniors. But as those other countries get stronger, uh, there's going to be a battle there. There's going to be a battle there. There's a big jump that has to be made, uh, certainly for the Germans. Hey, back to the Slovaks for a second. And we'll be talking about Team Canada a lot here over the next week and a half. So I'm not too much worried about talking about our guys on this particular podcast. But the thing that I thought of a lot while watching Slovakia today is the fact that 14 players have the ability to return next year. So Very young team. what they take out of this is really going to go a long way to how they, how they respond again next year in Edmonton and Red Deer. Well, and we mentioned on the podcast uh, yesterday, Yuri Slatkovsky, 16 years old. I know. Six foot four, 216 pounds. <laughs> and he look, he's a man child out there. And he was pretty good, I thought. And I thought all their young players uh, were extremely uh, good and uh, played extremely well, I should say. But yeah, if they can return 14 players next year, get some confidence this year, the way that they played against Canada, and realize coming into next year, hey, we could play with anybody if we play our system and we play physical and we, you know, collapse in front of our, uh, in our zone and, you know, take away lanes, take away shooting lanes and we can get good goaltending and we can stay in games. If they can find a guy that puts the puck in the net, a guy or two, you know, if they had a Tim Stulza like Germany, um, you know, that could put the puck in the net. If they get a guy or two that they can produce that does that, they'll be dangerous next year and they might surprise a team or two. At last year's event in the Czech Republic, we had an advantage doing this podcast because Canada was always playing in that late game. So we always raced back to our, our headquarters mm-hmm. at the Clarion and in our hospitality suite did a podcast and many people downloaded it the next morning. What I've noticed here, for example, we're taping this right after the Canada-Slovakia game, but we got a big one tonight, the Czech Republic in Russia, which should be a great game, but we're not having the ability to talk about it because we're taping early. And what I've noticed already is people are downloading our podcasts in the evening and just as many people are downloading it in the morning. So we're kind of splitting our audience a little bit, but that Czech Russia kind of game, similar to what happened in kind of similar to what happened when we were overseas. Yeah. We had the people back home downloading, downloading it in the evening. Yes. And then uh, the people on our group downloading it in the morning uh, for the bus trips. And uh, that was kind of fun because people would, you know, we would be on a, on a day off in particular, we'd be heading to maybe Vienna or, uh, you know, some other locations or, and people were always talking to us on the bus. You guys said last night about the, or because they were just listening to it on the bus trip, it was kind of fun, but I wish we could talk about the Czech Russia game. We will, but uh, last boxing day in uh, Ostrava, it was a four, three win for the Czech Republic and the hop was going hard crazy it was was a great atmosphere in in the the arena it was it was a lot of fun i'll be curious to see how things go in that matchup tonight we'll talk about it we'll talk about it in a couple days when we get a chance but we have two games also on tap now for the monday we have uh, austria and sweden and uh, austria really took a took it on the chin losing to the u.s sweden beat the czech republic seven to one so uh, I got to think that one will be over early. Yeah. 
Sweden looks very strong. I mean, they're a deep hockey team. Again. I mean, they, they got four lines. They got defensemen. I mean, Broberg's not even on their power play. He's on their second power play unit. So that tells you the type of depth that they have on their defense. They always have good goaltending. That's going to be the Austrians are going to have their hands full of trying to keep it under 10. The other game, Slovakia and Germany, we just touched on. That's going to be that's going to be a big one because uh, that w- that'll guarantee a top four in that grouping, correct? If I'm not mistaken, if I look at my stats. For Slovakia, yeah. If they win that yeah. game, they yes. should be, they, they'll probably be in third, uh, actually, because, um, you know, Germany's not going to catch them. Yep. And they beat Switzerland. So uh, if they win that game, they're in a pretty good position to get third in the group, at worst, fourth in the group, but they won't finish last, that's for sure. Next up for Team Canada, it will be a Tuesday matchup on the 29th of December. Canada against Switzerland. These are the games that always concern me. I don't care where Switzerland is in any standings, especially with their more established veteran teams that play at the higher levels. They always give Canada trouble. And those yeah. are the games, because to me, they're kind of like Canada light. I, I, I don't mean that as an insult. But they just seem to play the, the game kind of the way we do, but they just don't have a, quite the same skill level. They've got a huge heart. They work their asses off. And they always seem to love to play against us, which is great. So I'm not saying that one's going to be over early because I just think that they play us very, very tough. But here again, score at the right times, amazing things can happen. Well, they've had a lot of Canadians that went over there and played over the years and then stayed and coached, became citizens. Um, Ralph Kruger comes to mind as a guy who's coached over there, played over there. And uh, so a lot of Canadians have contributed to the Swiss hockey culture and the Swiss way of playing. And for sure, they do have a bit of a Canadian flair to them. The one thing I will say is that uh, even though Switzerland finished fourth in 2019, fifth last year in the World Juniors, uh, they got a bronze medal in 1998. They've produced quality NHL talent like Nico Heischer, who went first overall recently to the New Jersey Devils in 2017. Yeah. They've only had five players selected in the last three drafts and none in the top 100. So uh, one Swiss player selected in 2019 and none last year in the draft. For the first time since 2009, they didn't have one single player drafted in the NHL draft. So that doesn't bode well for their talent that they have right now. Do you think they develop at a little slower pace? I, I don't know. I, I I was looking at those stats too, Paul, and I just I, I was trying to figure out why that is because they always seem it's like I said, hard to judge the way they play Canada because they just yep. they elevate their game. And I think we saw Slovakia do that today. They knew who they were playing and they also saw what Canada did to Germany and they did not want to go down that road and played it very well today. I don't know. We'll see. I know one thing. I don't. Uh, I don't like to take the, any of these games in relegation or not relegation in the uh, preliminary rounds lightly because you could easily fall into a trap. Canada just about did that today. So Canada Switzerland on Tuesday night. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to it as well, and I think the Swiss are going to basically do what they always do, and that is they play a strong team game. Um, you know, they rely again on that disciplined style and. They also rely on a good goaltender. You know, they've had good goaltending in the past. You know, a lot of NHL goaltenders have come from Switzerland. So maybe, you know, there's a guy that we don't know very well. There's not too many players on the Swiss team that we know very well because they haven't been drafted. We can't say, okay, this guy's been drafted by an NHL team. That guy has. So 
we know that those guys are quality players and we have a little bit of information on them, but we don't have that. And so it'll be interesting to see how they come out against Canada, if they're going to be tentative or they're going to try to play, you know, a little bit physical or, or, or try to take the game to Canada. I doubt it. I, they, to me, they always have been a patient hockey team. They've been the New Jersey devils of, you know, oh, that's a great uh, world one. hockey. Great analogy. And and it's funny too, because in the opening 10 minutes of Canada's matchup against Slovakia today, I thought Slovakia looked scared in the first 10 minutes. And then the more the game moved along, I realized, no, they're not scared. What they're doing is they're aggressively working on their system to try to make Canada play their system and not let Canada kind of take off. And as I like to call it, get into a track meet, because once the elevation level of the skill started to move up, they were not going to be able to compete. Hey, before we talk about what we were doing a year ago today, there's one other thing I want to mention. I think that Gord Miller and Ray Ferraro do a fantastic job on calling the action on TSN. And I see this happen every year with Gord. And people are very critical of his pronunciations on some of these names. Can I just tell everybody? Oh, boy. I got I to gotta go down this road. These guys have the opportunity to talk to these guys, these players, and say, how would you say your name? And to me, I don't care how I would say it or you would say it or anybody else who would say it from any other country. If a player says, I want it pronounced like this, and then Gord pronounces it like that, then as far as I'm concerned, Gord's correct. And I see him having to defend all the time yeah. online. And I'm thinking, you know what? Gord is a tremendous veteran. He's a Hall of Famer in the International Ice Hockey uh, Federation as well as a, be. as a broadcaster he's in and he be. and he should be you're right he's in the year 26 of doing this he knows exactly what he's doing so if you think that he's not pronouncing some of these names right because your aunt or uncle from the Ukraine or your aunt and uncle from Slovakia or you know any of these other countries that are playing trust me Gord is a professional and as pro as they get same with Ray these guys know exactly what they're doing. And once in a while, you're going to mispronounce a name. It just happens with live television. happens on live radio. You know, we on a podcast well, could also our names. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's... You, it, you, you look at some of the names on the Russian team or on, you know, the Czech team, the Slo- any of the Slavic countries, really. You look at their names and, you know, sometimes there are letters that are silent. There are, you know... Uh, letters that have a totally different pronunciation than what we're used to in the English language. It's tough. You know, I couldn't imagine looking at a roster, you know, like today, even with a Slovak sprint, looking at that roster and saying, I have to remember all these names and pronounce them correctly as I'm doing the the play-by-play of a hockey game. I just, I wouldn't be able to do that. And not just foreign players. People don't realize how tough that is. Look at the netminder for Team Canada right now. People have been critical of Gord because he's been calling him Levi. And some mm-hmm. people say, no, it should be Levy. Well, Devin says it's Levi. So as far as I'm concerned, people just got to lay off. Just enjoy the tournament. I don't want to talk about nitpicky. It, it's been, it's been <laughs> bugging me now for the last four years because I keep I follow Gord on, on Twitter all the time. And I see him having to go into this defensive names, and finally, I wouldn't I, even bother with that. You know yeah. what? And finally, this this year, I almost wanted to jump into the frame and go, "Look, the the guy knows what he's doing." You're sitting at home with your your eggnog and the rum, 
and you're watching the game and you think he's botching up names. He's not. Anyway, I, that's just a little pet peeve of mine. And well, I one just, of my, it, it just comes up every year. And I, I just wish people would stop it. Well, one of my favorite Canadian actors is Eugene Levi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, there's that. Okay. Well, let's. Yeah. There are people that have the same spelling and they pronounce it differently. Like even my name, Bryn, people say Almeida. In Portuguese, it's Almeida. So really it depends. I'm okay with either one. And that happens a lot. And in a lot of cultures where you could pronounce the name, there's an anglicized way, there's a traditional way. And I go with whatever people are comfortable, you know, remembering my name as. So I usually go by Almeida, but the correct pronunciation in Portuguese is Almeida, but it doesn't bother me. There's no A in the English language. There's no a sound when you have EI put together, but yeah. in Portuguese, EI together makes an A sound. And I remember going back to my Western Hockey League days. That's a long time ago. And there were a couple of players, and I asked them, How do you want me to pronounce your name? They said, Pronounce mm-hmm. it like this. So I did. And man, people would just come out of the woodwork. Then they would write a letter, yep. you know, to the station manager, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that kind of stuff. Anyway, a tweet uh, letter. Yeah, exactly. But it just, uh, it just makes me, it just makes me laugh. You got to be really ticked. You got to be really ticked, Bryn, to sit down, put pen to paper. Oh man! And say, you know, Bryn Griffiths, this is how you should, you know. I I, say I this always, name phonetically. I always loved how they did it too. They would say, "I enjoy your broadcasts very much." However, but, and, then, and then they would vent. Yeah. And at the end was, they, but your enthusiasm is exciting. You know, as the, we call it the old shit. Even sandwich, though you're right? wrong. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, it, it was a nice way of telling you. Even though you don't know what you're saying, your enthusiasm is great. That's right. You have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, let's talk about last year. It was, uh, you know, the trip was so much fun. We had just under 300 or just over 300 last year? We had about 300, just over 300. And uh, we had 160 arrive that day um, because people wanted to, well, a good portion, half of the group at least, wanted to spend Christmas at home with their family and who could blame them. And uh, so they left on Boxing Day, which means they arrived on the 27th with the overnight flight to Europe. So some of them arrived in Prague, some arrived in Vienna. We had buses at both airports to pick up and bring them to um, back to Olomouc, where we were already there because we had watched the game the day before. And uh, those of us that arrived there earlier, uh, we had the day off. So we went to Moravsky Cross, which is a cave system nearby and to the Fuchik Winery, uh, which is uh, also nearby in the Czech Republic. And a lot of people don't know uh, the southern part of the Czech Republic, uh, close to the Austrian border, is a wine country, as is the area around Vienna and that part of Austria. So there's a lot of wineries in the area, so it was interesting to show people maybe something that they didn't know about the Czech Republic and thought Czech Republic is all about beer. So it was interesting to show them that uh, they also have a thriving wine industry. Let's also talk about the fact that uh, we have talked a, a fair bit on the podcast here over the last couple of months about what we did last year. Obviously, this year, everybody's shut out. It's, it, it's kind of sad the way things have turned out, but we'll get through this, and then we'll do a rinse and repeat for Edmonton and Red Deer next year. But people are already talking about heading over to Russia and Sweden. Now, granted, most people seem to be gung-ho on Sweden a lot of people seem to be nervous about Russia. I'm more intrigued about Russia than I am about Sweden, and we're starting to find that out. People are starting to get very, very inquisitive about Russia. They are, and 
Uh, just today, I've had quite a few tweets asking me, uh, DMs as well, asking me, Paul, you know, well, where do I get the info on Russia? I'm interested in going to Russia. And I'm like, okay. And, uh, you know, our Facebook account, uh, the Azarkan, if you look up A-Z-O-R-C-A-N on Facebook, you'll find our Facebook page. Um, it's been very active with people looking at our information and uh, responding to some of the posts that we've made. And at azarkan.net, you could find links there to Russia. 2023 and Sweden 2024. We already have quite a bit of information there on both tours. Uh, some of the things that we're proposing that we, we might do, uh, when we might go and where we might go. So uh, also what's included in the tour. We've got had that question a lot uh, the last couple of days. And uh, so uh, in terms of getting on the priority list as well is something that you should do if you have any interest in going on the tours because we will be emailing out information from time to time on the, to the people on the priority list. Yeah. And when it comes time to register for the tour, the people on the priority list will get the information before the general public. So it's important to get on that priority list, whether you want to go to one in Russia or the one in Sweden or both getting on that priority list gets you at least on our, in, on our, you know, uh, list to get information as soon as we have it ready. You're on the radar screen is what you're basically telling everybody. Absolutely. The the other thing too, I seem to be fascinated by what the weather's like in Siberia as we tape. And right now I'm checking in. Okay. So it's almost 10 in the morning there. Mountain time where we're taping from. It's uh, shortly after, after seven o'clock in the evening. Right now uh, they're already well into Monday morning. And it's currently on a way, they're on their way to a high of minus 26, but it's a little brisk. It's foggy and minus 37 right now. So the one thing we have to well, remind warm people. Up quickly, I'm sure. Uh, the yes. sun comes out, Brent, it just jumps up. Uh, yeah, that is a big jump. And they do have a warming trend on the way with snow, but uh, it's Russia. It's, well, Siberia, so it's going to be cold. But we're going for the fellowship. We're going for the fun. And we're going for the hockey. And going to support Team Canada, so that's why we're heading over there. I'm, I can hardly wait. Okay, how can you mention the Facebook page? Let's talk once again about how people can reach you. Well, they can go on our website azorcan.net, a-z-o-r-c-a-n.net. We have a lot of information posted there. Uh, as I mentioned, we already have pages for Russia 2023 and Sweden 2024, uh, as well as our Twitter, Azercan Global, and Bryn Mighty Mouth and Azarkan Tours. So there's three options there where you can uh, uh, follow us and get information as well. And most importantly, get on the priority list is the one thing I would tell you if you have any interest in going at all. If uh, in the end you don't go, that's fine. It's free to get on the priority list. You just go there, fill out your information. We add you to our mailing list. And then when the information comes out, you're not left behind and you get it as quickly as other people do. Tell your friends. If they're interested in coming, they should get on the priority list as well. And with our podcast as well, we remind you to subscribe. I don't know where you're picking it up. Maybe it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google, wherever. We're, we're available everywhere. Make sure you subscribe. That way, when we drop a new podcast, you're notified immediately, and you can listen to it anytime you want. But the Canada Fans World Junior Tour podcast is powered by Azercan.net, and we are on after every Team Canada matchup. So the next one, as we mentioned, coming up on Tuesday night, that's the 29th of December. It's a 4 p.m. face-off, Canada and Switzerland. That's mountain time. 
So 6 o'clock Eastern, and that's 3 o'clock Pacific time. Paul, that's kind of it for now. Do you have anything? Have we touched on everything? Are we good? No, I hope everybody's doing well during the holidays here and enjoying the hockey, and we'll be right back with another podcast, as you mentioned, on Tuesday. All right. Thanks, and go Canada Go, right? Are you good? Yep. That was way, I think that was better than, than yesterday. I think we yep. were way more relaxed. Okay, good. I think we got our points across very nicely. Okay, good. that's about it. Yeah, I'm I touched just, the cough button there. Yeah. Button, and then I pressed the wrong button to get back. I just usually pot down I, because sometimes I don't trust uh, hitting that. That, 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 <laughs> that one. Um, anyway, well, what I did is I hit the, I hit the red button, the cough button. Yes. But then I thought you hit the green button to come back. No, that's, uh, that's so you can you hear have to it. hit the cough button again. So. I believe the green button. I don't know. I've not read up on that one. I think that that's like, if I was to, if I hit the green it's the button, headset, Brent. it's the headset. Cough, like you can hear me right now, but it's not recording my voice. Oh, okay. But you can still hear me. Oh, okay. That's what it is. I, See, I thought that was I to know. cut the audio. Oh, it cuts. That's what it does. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I think I think because I pressed it, and then I couldn't hear you. Yeah, that's that's exactly <laughs> what what the deal was. <laughs> and then I went back, and I'm like, oh no, man! Now what did I do? Uh, I'm just gonna make. I'll just do a little trim at that uh, thing. This one's gonna.